Where are they? The Suns, they've gone incognito. Where are they? We're here. We're here. I'm with my good friend, Pat. Oh and we're God. here in Breckenridge. And we're here to talk some hokey ball in our cross-country <laughs> trip. Welcome, everybody. We are brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia. The only pharmacy that I would trust with any needs, whether it's prescriptions, whether it's toilet paper, whether it's, you know, out here, your lips get awfully chapped, you need some lip balm, head on over to Main Street Pharmacy. Pat, we haven't done this in so, 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 so long. How are you doing, my friend? Man, it's good to be back. I know we took a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, we had Christmas, we had the New Year, we had a cross-country or semi-cross-country drive that we had to make, so... um just apologies. Apologies that it's been so long, but, uh, you know, there actually hasn't been that much to talk about either as far as Virginia Tech goes. Um, but we're going to talk about some hokey stuff today. Dude, there's there's some hokey stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to get back into the into the rhythm here. Pat had a fantastic sit-down with Austin Gable. That's coming up here. We're talking some wrestling. The wrestling team, as we've been saying all year, is gearing up to be fantastic. Got some great articles going out and breaking news do 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 sons of saturday national will be launching at four o'clock in the morning tomorrow so by the time that this is pumping through your airpods your power beats or your hyundai sonata it will be live on spotify apple music or wherever you get your podcastery plan of the plan of action here i'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on across hokey land we're going to talk a little bit about our trip and we're going to get to the letters of the lunch pail um guess we could start it off with this Men's basketball team played Louisville the other night. Louisville. Louisville. They played Louisville. Not the greatest showing, but hey, take it with a grain of salt. The team did not play well. We did not shoot well. We were on the road against one of the best teams in the ACC. Found a way to make it a two-point game. Pat, what did you think watching? Uh, everyone was thinking that we were singing along to a different tune here against Louisville after taking a 11-0 lead. I think mm-hmm. we had two... Uh, back-to-back threes from Justin Mutz, and it looked like we were going to blow him out of the building, and didn't happen. We went cold early, uh, or I guess late first half, early second half, but uh, the comeback was inspiring. Jalen Cohn had that absolutely crazy twisty three-pointer. Uh, <laughs> Which gr- one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a great showing from Hunter Couture down the stretch uh, as well. And, uh, you know, I-, I think some takeaways here – Got to shoot better and also got to have a little bit better uh, post play. I think uh, Kevin Luma had an off night. Justin Mutz necessarily wasn't dominant uh, in the post. And we also missed some free throws. And, uh, you know, in a two-point game, that's going to come back to haunt you. The one, the one biggest frustration, Pat, you just nailed it, was our inability to get into the paint. Um, we were not able to get into the paint at all and settled for some really tough shots. And I kept saying it to you. Everybody here would freak out when Naheem Aline Aline was hitting some really, really tough shots. He was unbelievable. But that was the problem is we're constantly having to take these difficult 15, 10-footers and just didn't have the ability to either draw a foul or get easy shots. Um, So, But anyway, take it what it is. You play Louisville. Louisville's a really good team, really well-coached team, um, and gave them a real run for their money. So... Um, you know, we're back at it and we'll, uh, we'll keep it moving. We got him back on February 13th. I know Grayson is very excited for that. I think a lot of Hokie Nation is going to be excited for February 13th because, uh, usually these losses to Louisville are like, you know, 10 point losses. Mm -hmm. It's never really a close game. It's never really a heartbreaker. And, uh, I will say after Couture's, uh, you know, heave at the buzzer missed right, 
uh, my heart kind of sank a little bit. And uh, I think I think the guys will take that fuel into the, the rest of ACC play here. We have Notre Dame next. Um, but, yeah, February 13th. The, uh, only, the, the only other thing about the game is we were stuck at that, like, 12 to 8 point differential. And any time we would be like, oh, one more. You'd, you'd be like, hey, two more threes and we're tied. And it <laughs> would, uh, and then we'd, we'd turn the ball over or something else. But, again, um, you know, definitely a learning opportunity for us. Um, and we'll, we'll keep it moving. Women's team uh, suffered a loss today. Another really close game versus Louisville uh, or Lowell. Uh, but shout out to them uh, for another uh, good effort. They're both playing really well uh, and a ton of ton of fun to watch. Um, so really, really excited about that. Couple other shout outs that I have for uh, just kind of news going on. I want to shout out Hendon Hooker, committed to the University of Tennessee. Wishing him nothing but the best. I hope um, you know he sees success over there. Um, Interesting quarterback situation going on over there for the New Jersey folks out there. Jarrett Garantano was the quarterback over there. He's from Bergen Catholic, played against him. Uh, he is transferring, um, but has a real opportunity to um, to make some impact there over in the SEC. So I'm wishing him well, along with all of the others uh, going on to do whatever they're doing uh, at the next level or at another university. So the season ends, transfer portals hop in. Things are, you know, not looking good, looking bleak. But then the transfer portal, uh, it looks like Virginia Tech has uh, has been able to get a few folks from the transfer portal over the last few weeks. Bill, talk to me about, uh, about our new friends, Johnny and Tay. Yeah, so uh, everybody was freaking out. Look, we knew it was coming. Guys were going to go. Guys were going to come back. Guys are going to come in from other places. So we picked up two guys uh, from the transfer portal. One, Johnny Jordan an offensive lineman from the University of Maryland. He was an All-Amer- an honorable mention All-Big Ten player. He's played a, a total of 1,232 snaps, but most importantly, he was recruited by Coach Vice out of high school. Uh, we also added Tay Daly. He's a Vanderbilt safety who opted out, but he was a starter originally at Vanderbilt. So the one thing that I can take from this is, A, I'm excited that these guys are jumping in. There are going to be more. There are likely going to be more that leave as well. Go back, look at the history at how we have done in the transfer portal. Everybody take a deep breath. Let's see how it all pans out. There will be more from the portal coming our way. Uh, you know, losing uh, Brian game. losing losing Brian Hudson, losing Doug Nestor. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, it's not fun. It's mm-hmm. also not the end of the world. Johnny uh, Johnny Jordan coming in could play center and uh, potentially have Brock Hoffman uh, move over to offensive guard, slide over there uh, to right guard for next year. Um, Johnny's six foot. Uh, I'm sorry, Johnny Johnny Jordan is six one three oh five, and then Tay Daly six foot one ninety eight. And Daly can play anywhere in the secondary, not just safety, which uh, which could make him a starter day one. I think he's definitely going to compete uh, in camp. I would also keep in mind just with. Having knowing how Coach Vice kind of coaches, having the ability to, you know, I don't think it's going to be as simple as, oh, making one guy move over. His kind of outlook on it is making sure that anybody can play any position, uh, kind of a musical chair situation. So, um, you know, really looking forward to that. But, you know, I'll say this now, the most important thing for this Virginia Tech team and the most damning thing for this Virginia Tech team is last year was the lack of a spring. We absolutely need to have a spring. We need to have guys getting together, uh, getting in the weight room, learning the playbook. A lot of people don't kind of recognize this, but most of the 
progress that you make as a team are those team-led workouts that are in the summer and in the spring. Uh, And those are going to be huge, especially with newcomers and guys moving into different positions. So really keeping my fingers crossed that we'll be able to do that moving forward. Yeah, a couple other things I just wanted to note. I know that um, we saw earlier this week uh, some of the folks on the staff and in the recruiting department were, were putting out, you know, some bad signals, 757 to VT, um, and it looked like uh, a recruit out of there might be getting a crystal ball to Virginia Tech. Uh, not going to, you know, count the chicken before it hatches there. But I think the focus on Virginia is, from what it seems like from the outside looking in and from social media, uh, you know, going to be a focus here on this 2022 and 2023 class. Um, looking at that, starting with 2021, we did have a uh, a commit from a preferred walk-on. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from Samuel Donka. Uh, he's from South County High School, and Samuel is a six-four, uh, two hundred defensive or two hundred pound. De- excuse me, two hundred pound defensive back here out of Northern Virginia. Um, it might have been Dwight Vick talking about Dwight it. Dwight Vick was fired up, man. Dwight Vick was really fired up, but um, you know, emphasizing that even you know getting guys like this in these preferred walk-on uh, type slots from Virginia uh-huh. uh, is going to be really important. And I think uh, you know building that kind of momentum moving forward here into 2022 is going to be really important as well. And keep an eye on it. That's something that we have. Uh, we have a couple projects with our writers going on, speaking to coaches and speaking to athletes in the 757 about the perception of Virginia Tech um, and just how the focus has been there. That is something that we're definitely going to be looking into uh, moving into the future. We def- We just had an article actually that went out um, Pat, go ahead and uh, Evan Norris. He's new. He's yeah. new. A guy from the portal. <laughs> we got a guy from the portal. I guess he was. Uh, I think he was writing. Might have been writing uh, some of his own stuff. But Evan Norris joined Sons of Saturday as far as uh, being a scribe of Saturday and writing some articles. And he's going to be pretty heavy focused on recruiting, which is uh, really exciting. He did a interview with a 2023 defensive back, Braylon Johnson. Uh, who is out of Highland Springs. And this is Lauren Johnson's son. Now, Lauren Johnson is a former Virginia Tech legend and uh, is a very well-known coach in Virginia. Is a head coach of the Highland Springs. Are they the Springers? Is that? I don't know, man. It's where Macho Harris went. Uh, it's where a lot of talented uh Virginia Tech, or not Virginia Tech, a lot of talented folks have left uh, the state of Virginia from Highland Springs, and we're going to try to focus on Highland Springs here moving forward. Uh, Derek Hopkins is also on the staff there uh, at Highland Springs. But we offered Lauren uh, Johnson's kid, uh, defensive back Braylon Johnson, class of 2023. Uh, So he's a sophomore there. But being his first offer is big time. Actually, Evan said that that when he was interviewing Braylon, uh, he got a call from Oklahoma and got the Oklahoma offer as he was uh, on the call with Evan. So uh, definitely going to be a highly sought-after recruit. Has an offer from UVA, has an offer from Oklahoma, Penn State as well. 6'1", 160 right now. He's got uh, plenty of time to grow before he graduates from Highland Springs. But uh, I think it's important that we, uh, you know, we're his first offer. And I think it's important that, you know, he's the son of a Virginia Tech former player. So hopefully we can uh, we can make some moves there. He's got a good relationship with Coach Smitty and Coach Ham. And uh, we'll see what happens with, uh, with young Braylon Johnson. But uh, other than that... I guess we'll uh, we'll we, move. Should we, we do letters in the lunch pail and then let's do the blood, let's, let's let's dive into the pail real quick. Let's dive into the pail. All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the letters from the lunch pail here. First question coming from 
T zero zero S M creative Tur- Turkey football corn emoji. He says three star recruit and Outland Trophy winner. Talking about Christian Derrissaw, I mm-hmm. did see he won. Uh, he's recognized for the Outland Trophy on some of the uh, some of the sites. Which positions need to be strengthened via the transfer portal and second part of this recruiting class? Any specific names? I'm not going to go into any specific names, um, but I would say. I, I want to say receiver first, but I'm interested to see what Changa Hodge decides to do with his remaining eligibility. Um, I know Trey Turner is going to be getting healthy. I would like to see us get some size or have some young guys step up. That's definitely a position of need. Um, offensive line is a lot deeper than people are really kind of understanding. Yes, we lost two really talented guys, but it is a very talented room. Parker Clements, baby. Absolutely. So um, that's something to keep in mind. But, I mean, obviously, it's de- it, to me, it's defensive line and it's getting another quarterback to compete with Braxton Burmeister. Um, so th- to me, I would say defensive line and quarterback. Mm-hmm. And really, like, having Deshaun Crawford uh, come back, he announced it yesterday that he'll be returning next year. That's big time. We need that for defensive tackle depth, but um, I'll, I'll side with Billy there. Um, defensive tackle specifically on the D-line. Grant Watson, which player do you see making the biggest improvement on defense next year? Uh, I think this is kind of the the easy answer, um, but I'm going to say Amari Barno. Uh, just you know, we saw him improve just from you know not even getting any snaps week one or not being an impact player early uh, to really just coming on so strong and leading the Power Five in tackles for loss with 15. I think. Uh, a year for Barno in the weight room, you know, 15, 20 pounds on him will do wonders for him and could really improve his draft stock. Uh, so that's a guy I'm going to take as a low-hanging fruit. What about you, Bill? You ready for an answer you're going to love? Yeah. I'm going to go with Tisdale and Dax Hollifield. They're going to have an opportunity to get a lot more reps. Uh, I'm hoping Tisdale puts on some weight. Um, and quite frankly, they don't really have an option. Like, <laughs> we really need that uh, that unit to step up this next upcoming year. It is a new system, uh, and Dax and Tisdale, I think, are poised to have uh, a big 2021. You know, while we're talking linebackers, I also want to throw a surprise in, into uh, into the fold Please, here. I love surprise. We saw him, uh, I don't want to say frequently, but he was definitely a... Uh, he's an edifice of a man Whoa. on special teams. Edifice. Big guy. That, okay. Dean Ferguson. <laughs> okay. Dean Ferguson. I saw him on special teams. He's a big dude. I would love to see if he can make an impact uh, on the defense this year in the linebacker room. Um, and he was from the uh, the 2020 class. Um, okay. Bonj at B for VT. Which program gets a national championship first? Wrestling, basketball, or Let, football? Let's do a countdown and let's say our answer at the same time because I think it's going to be the same. Ready? Three, two, one. Wrestling. Wrestling. It's, it's wrestling does not get nearly enough attention. We're trying our best. Y'all really need to get on the plane or get flown over there. Unbelievable. Um, definitely worth your attention. They're recruiting really, really well. They're coached very, very well. Um, and just quite frankly, dominating. Um, and I, I'm going to go with wrestling. Oh my gosh, the wrestling recruiting is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hear about it from Austin here. Excuse me. Later on in this episode, and uh, you know, we definitely need to have Coach Roby on. I know we were. Um... We also have uh, so Madeline Myrick is doing a mm-hmm. uh, tour of their facilities um, when it is deemed safe. They are new facilities. Uh, we retweeted the video of the new locker room at oh State of the Art. 
It is awesome. Yeah. So keeping uh, keep that in the back of your hokey minds. Um, but we have one more from our guy, JC John Cran. Shout out to the Chesapeake Center of Complete Dentistry. Pat's over here geeking out with his new newfound Tifus. His chompers looking fantastic. State of the art facility over there at the Chesapeake Center of Complete Dentistry. What is John Cran asking? Oh, JC, he says... Caps lock is on. That's very on brand. (laughs) Sons, letters. There are more kids entering the portal than ever before. As for the Hokies, as you look at the players coming back and the competition in the ACC, how hard does the coaching staff have to hit the portal to field a winning team in the fall? Winning team, really hard. I mean, right? I mean, when it comes... Like, our shortfalls in recruiting which must get better, we have done really well in the transfer portal. Like, mm-hmm. I know I said that earlier. Um, we do need to hit the transfer portal, and I think we've done a really good job um, in hitting the transfer portal. Uh, from guys coming in, look at Khalil Herbert. He came in with one goal. I want to showcase my talent, and I want to make it to the NFL. And he had that opportunity. He owned that opportunity. And we're going to watch him have his name called. I think he's going to be probably third round fourth round guy I would love to see him squeak into the second round but um I mean you know he came in and did what he needed to do and I'm sure other people are seeing the stories like Khalil Herbert Amari Barno Brock Hoffman these guys that come in get playing time and take advantage of it so I'm excited to see us continue that trend yeah um there's really no other option we really have to continue with um with Tay Daly and and Johnny Jordan and mm-hmm. I mean these are guys who are going to compete right when they get into camp um but you know even looking back on last summer like um it's early like it's only january as john rothstein would say this is only january we had all the way up until you know two three weeks before camp last year Mm -hmm. when uh you know devin taylor committed to tech changa hodge committed to tech oh 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 add it to my player uh for uh improvement next year raheem blackshear Oh, I need yeah. to see that guy. I need to see him uh, utilized more. Um, again, you can't give everybody the ball, and he's going to have an opportunity to see the ball a lot next year. So sorry to cut you off, no? but I think Raheem Blackshear is going to be another guy that will uh, be hearing his name a lot next year. Yeah, and then two more things as far as looking out for the portal. Um, you know, we kind of said it earlier, but the fact that Coach Vice recruited Johnny out of high school, mm-hmm. maybe we can kind of uh, go back to that well with some of mm-hmm. the other – uh, players who have committed elsewhere and maybe you know have not found their spot but um last year uh earlier uh, i guess it was mid to late summer we had that iowa defensive back who is you know all but committed to virginia tech and then you know was uh rejected at the last minute because of academics and you know what's well, going to be important too uh with the transfer portal and with getting credit people, transferring credit Cre- transferring. don't want to make sure we we we, we get that right credit um, transferring yeah mm-hmm. Credit, excuse me, credit transferring, that needs to be figured out, um, you know, ahead of time, and we need to make sure that all the ducks are in a row, all the T's mm-hmm. are crossed, eyes are dotted, because, um, you know, that that young man from Iowa could have been talented, talented extremely kid. beneficial to our secondary this past fall, which was depleted early on, and uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, was one of the reasons that we didn't fare too well against Carolina. So. Um, yeah, definitely look out for that for as sure. far as uh, hopefully we can pull some strings and, and figure that out because Virginia Tech should be figuring stuff like that out and uh, getting it ahead of time before it becomes an issue. As we wrap this up, um, we've been on quite a journey. We're recording this podcast from Breckenridge, Colorado, which is a state I've never been on. 
For just a couple, or in, for a couple of minutes, I just want to give the report card. We both drove here from New Jersey <laughs> taking alternate routes. And by the way, let me just address this. I've lost a few followers on Twitter. I'm not sorry for my for my content. This is a trip of a lifetime. Um, you know, I'm taking you all along the ride. When, you know, Billy Ray Jr. wants to know what it was like to drive across the country, Billy Ray Sr. is going to pull up some old tweets and uh, and and walk him through the journey of of uh, Bill's cross country escapade and the journal entry. You, and you did you, you did he does have a little diary. Dude. I will say Billy's diary. Uh, we got it. He's writing some good entries. Dude, you're, some exposing, funny st- you're exposing my Shell Silversteining over here. <laughs> some, some funny stories there in the uh, in the diary. You know, funny conversations on the ski lift. You know, Dude. good wipeouts. Do you gotta you gotta write it down, man? You're doing it. You're gonna forget all the little little new. This year, Papa Mitchell walked in my room with an atlas and a journal, and he was like, son, this is once in a lifetime. You need to write some of this stuff down. And I was rolled my eyes, and then I was like, you know what? <laughs> Papa Mitchell is right. He's right 99.99% of the time. Uh, so shout out to him for making it happen. But, Pat, please walk us through your journey from, Breck- from basking bra- basking and brecking have very, very similar uh Tongue twisting uh, abilities, but Basking Ridge to Breckenridge, walk us through it. Yeah, so um, we have the opportunity to work remote, and it's definitely been a uh, a silver lining here in this pandemic. We're gold able lining. to, uh, yeah, I guess a gold lining. Been able to work wherever we want. I've been spent a lot of time in New Jersey. Did some time in Charlotte, which uh, absolutely love that city. And uh, we here know. we are, here we are in the Rocky Mountains, in the uh, you know at ten thousand feet right now. But um, started out. Uh, King of Prussia, right outside the mall, met up with David Huffman, jumped in the Jeep Mobile. He's got the Hokey Club sticker on the back with the Delaware plates. Boom. Rep in Delaware. Uh, you know, tiny state, but they got Hokey Club members in Delaware. And, uh, you know, made our way through Pennsylvania. You know, lots of tunnels and just kind of winding roads around PA. Um, Pennsylvania is not one of my favorite states. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. Sure, um, float it out. Sorry, Center City Hokey. Apologies in advance. And then um, <laughs> Ohio. Ohio was a little bit more of the same. You know, we crossed, we crossed the border into Ohio, into Ohio, and it was fine. You know, <laughs> it was fine. We circle around Columbus. You look for the horseshoe. You can't see it from Route 70. It's kind of a bummer. Um, after Ohio, you get to Indiana, and that's when it picked up and started to Indiana get Indiana rules. Indiana. I don't know. I, there's just something about it, Something man. about Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Uh, but we rolled through Indiana. It started snowing. It was a beautiful, mm. beautiful night. Uh, we stayed not too far outside of Indy. Um, and I think I think it was called like Greenfield or something. Home of the tournament this year. Hopefully the Hokies will be making their way to Indiana. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get to drive past Indianapolis. I get to see the Salesforce Tower. Tallest uh, building there in Indianapolis. Humble brag. To, humble my, brag. to my surprise, I did not know that, <laughs> but I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, we work with the folks in the Indy office pretty frequently. And uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Getting it cool? to drive I mean, right. It's this really cool, just big warehouse, like right on the outskirts of the city. Sounds gritty. It's like the, uh, I guess it's like kind of like the eastern, or no, the western part of the city, or like the northwestern part um, before you reach the suburbs. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I know they do the combine there every year, right? Mm-hmm. Um so Indiana was definitely one of my favorites. And then after Indiana, we drove through Illinois. There wasn't really anything going on there. Um, you know, Chicago's too far north in Illinois. We drove through the boring part. Same goes for Missouri. Drove around St. Louis, didn't really go through it at all. But then we got to uh, Kansas City. 
Now, I'm assuming if I didn't drive through Kansas, my my radar for Kansas would be pretty – the bar would be pretty low. So talk to me about Kansas. Well, first we had to get to Kansas City. And, and as you may know, Kansas City is very similar to Kansas and Missouri as Bristol is to Tennessee and Virginia. Okay. Um, but really, like, the majority of Kansas City is in Missouri. That's where um, I think I think it's still called Kauffman Stadium, <laughs> Arrowhead Stadium. We got to drive by both of those are right off Route 70. thought that was pretty cool. Um, but we stopped in Kansas City for some uh, it was called arthur bryant's barbecue oh man and me and huff got some some massive um some uh what is it what's what's brisket Bris- uh, uh, b- b- brisket yeah, yeah. brisket <laughs> massive brisket sandwiches oh my gosh you first of all you walked in this place and it would like the uh the barbecue just hits you um but yeah we get the brisket sandwiches and you know take our pictures and you know we got out of there and on our merry way through Kansas, we went, and Kansas was uh, sneaky, really sneaky, underrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we we targeted Hayes, Kansas, right in the middle of the state as our uh, as our stopping point for night two, and essentially chased the sunset the entire night because you know sun is setting in the west. Mm-hmm. You're heading directly west on Suns Route seventy. And by the way, Route seventy. I don't know about how it was on Route eighty up up mm-hmm. north. Route seventy. I mean. There really weren't that many people on it, and you can just go, go, mm-hmm. go, like just flying. Um, yeah, we only really stopped a couple times, but chasing the sunset was pretty cool, and stopping in Hayes, Kansas was great. And then uh, next day, we got up real early on uh, on New Year's Day, and we celebrated our New Year's Eve at Hayes, Kansas, uh, you know, t- town place suites or whatever, <laughs> and you know, went to sleep at like 10 p.m. Uh, local time. Got up at uh, 5 a.m. We're on the road and made it to Breckenridge by uh, like 11 a.m. And uh, that was it, man. Ears were popping on the way up and the Rocky Mountains showed up. And, you know, there were a lot of dumb and dumber quotes throughout the entire (laughs) trip. I forgot to mention that. Um, You know, we were not driving an 84 sheepdog. um, And I was not running at an incredible rate, Harry. But... uh, I did think the Rocky Mountains would be a little more rockier than that. Dude. <laughs> Tell me about your experience. So, experience is a little different. I took 80 the whole way. I left... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's preface this. Okay. Billy left like three or four days after me. Yeah. We skied at uh, Beaver Creek and Vale and Breck um, on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that was a great time. And Billy hadn't come in yet. No. So, um, we were just like, Bill... How fast are you going to make it here? Are you bringing Airbnb there were starts on Sunday? There were doubts. I said, look, I'm going to be there by Sunday. Um, I'm going to be there by Sunday. And day one, got in the car, 6.30 in the morning, hugged mom because she told me to. Uh, dad, surprisingly, uh, with the 6.30 wake up and hug, um, which was really cool. Jackson, no hug. Gave me the hug prior, night prior. Uh, he needs to sleep. So hop in the uh, Mitchell Mobile. 2004 F-150, alone, packed to the gills, uh, queued up some podcasts, queued up some good music. Thank you, everybody, for the suggestions. Drive through Jersey, pitch black Jersey, glowing review, fantastic state. Absolutely loved it. Um, Then we get into PA. I don't know which way you went through PA. I actually really liked PA. From eastern to middle, PA was really nice. And then you got into western PA. I didn't hate PA. I just don't like PA as a state. Okay. That's neither here nor there. Um, but then you get to Western PA and I'm like, 
Pennsylvania, you're not that sneaky. You just are Ohio, but you're dressed up as Pennsylvania. <laughs> so, um, Western PA in Ohio couldn't have really had the bar set much lower for Ohio. It was fine. I drove past Toledo. I suppose they have some large buildings. Whatever. Get into Illinois. A little bit of the same. Kind of a bummer. Um, not much going on there either. Very cold. Now, did you not pass through Chicago? I did not. I saw Chicago over Yonder, um, but I did not pass through Chicago. That was like the only highlight of the whole time. So then we got into what came next? Indiana. No, you 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 flipped them. You flipped okay. Indiana and Illinois. Okay, so Indi- Indiana was great, and I think Indiana was great because it was it was it was Ohio with more hills and more beautiful green grass, but covered in snow. So it was like, hey, the snow is a really nice accent. So I really enjoyed Indiana. I love Larry Bird. You can check my Twitter. I stopped at a state-of-the-art rest stop. It was unbelievable. They had a Sparrow. Everybody was lined up to get Sparrow. Look, they don't know much better, so, you know, Sparrow is fine. I didn't get the Sparrow. Michael Scott loves Sparrow. Sure. So then we get into Illinois. We already talked about Illinois. Not that much going on. Um, And then we got into Iowa. And if you're from Iowa... I don't shout, be- out, shout out Taylor Ulrich. Actually, if you're from Ohio, I don't, uh, Iowa, I don't believe you. I don't think anyone lives there. I Going through Iowa at 10... I was in Iowa from like 10 p.m. till what felt like 2 o'clock in the morning. And I saw nobody. I saw not a single police officer. I just saw abandoned cars. People just like leave their cars on the side of the road. I, I'm not really quite sure what's up with that. Um, and then you could see these blinking red lights, which, you know... I thought were aliens, but they turned out to be these big weather vanes or big circular, hey, let's make power out of air type deal. The weather stings. Yeah, the Any, turbines. Yeah, the turbines. Hundreds of the, thousands of those. Knocked out, stayed at the American, A-M-E-R-C-I-N-N. I mean, it was a bed. It was fine, $72. Um, whatever. Wake up in the morning, and then we got into... God bless the state of Nebraska. Nebraska, I said it on Twitter, was one of the five states, if, I was, if it was between me having to leave this earth or me removing a state from America, Nebraska probably would have been on that list. And Nebraska slapped me in the face with some serious beauty. Um, the, state of o- the city of Omaha, they had like these trains on display. They had trains everywhere. That was unbelievable. I did stop at South Bend. I forgot that. That was cool about it. Illinois or whatever state that is. That's Indiana. Fine. Indiana. Dude. So that, that was fine. Um, and then I, the Midwest does not like you. Whatever. Yeah. I love Notre Dame. That place is magic. But then I stopped at the University of Nebraska. And that place rules. <laughs> I mean, I took pictures at the stadium. It was very cold. I only had my Ugg boots, which were not the proper attire for the icy floor of Nebraska, but the stadium is huge. It's beautiful. Then per suggestion, I stopped at a um, some bar in Nebraska and I got a peanut butter and jelly hamburger, which was actually really, 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 really good. But the funniest part was the locals, the locals in Nebraska asked me about my cross-country trip. They were like, you're not from here. I'm like, you're right. Uh, and uh, they were like, oh, like, where are you coming from? New Jersey. Where did you pass through? I told them all the states. And I, and I like I like hinted that I didn't like Iowa, and everyone in the bar took it took that as like an invitation to tell me how much Iowa sucks. <laughs> it was very much like a New York, New Jersey thing. Like They were just trashing Iowa. So I was like, hey, man, I agree. Um, and then I went on my merry way. And then we entered the state of Colorado. It was pitch black. 
Um, and now we're here. Um, look, follow along. I do, I'm doing taste reviews. I stopped at Casey's Pizza, which was fine. It was in a gas station. Uh, everybody was raving about it. Look, it is what it is. It was, it was okay. It was okay. Please keep the suggestions coming. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're going to be doing these, you know, Colorado, West Coast. Um, this is not the West Coast. Or Midwest, Mid-Coast uh, <laughs> deals. Uh, just keeping you updated. But, Pat, can't thank you enough for organizing this unbelievable trip to Breckenridge. I'm out here on the slopes. I had to take an ice bath today. I was a little cold. Um, but, hey, got to, got to get the legs back uh, to shred some gnar. Uh, coming up here, but hey, it feels so good to press record again, man. It, it feels so good to be back, and um, we're rocking and rolling, man. Let's go. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think we can jump into the interview here, right? Do we have any uh, any closing thoughts? Um, shout out to Route 80. Um, shout out to the Oregon Trail. Everybody plowing. The, shout out Sacagawea. Everybody that helped us <laughs> settle the West. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty cool deal. Um, so shout out to that. Um, and shout out to America. Your beauty knows no bounds. That's right. Everyone, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. We'll be back next week. And uh, we'll, give, we'll give you a more clear-cut idea of you know, our, our football offseason plans. Obviously, we're going to talk basketball and, and everything uh, under the, the Merriman Center, the merry-go-round around Merriman, as I like to say. So uh, without further ado, here is uh, Mr. Austin Gable. Before we jump into this uh, wrestling feature here, just got to take a moment to recognize our friends over at Uscape Apparel. That's at Uscape Apparel on Instagram and Twitter and at UscapeApparel.com. They have licensed gear for Virginia Tech. Hashtag rep your skyline. I'm actually sipping out of my Yeti cup right now with my Uscape sticker on it. They have a very cool sticker here. Very cool graphics. Uh, rep your skyline. Torque Bridge. Newman Library, Lane Stadium, Castle Coliseum, Burris Hall. These are all landmarks of Virginia Tech that you can see featured on your favorite Uscape apparel. Apparel. Check it out. Uh, we we are going to be, you know, I think we're going to take some pictures out here with our Uscape gear. I brought my Uscape sweatshirt that I got for Christmas. Uh, it's maroon. It's very cool. Uh, with Torg Bridge on it, and um, I will say we have a lot of cool stuff planned with Uscape here in 2021. Uh, we're gonna kind of think outside of the box, and I think uh, I think listeners and followers are really gonna enjoy what they see from Uscape here in 2021 uh, with the Virginia Tech line, and uh, maybe some custom Sons of Saturday gear as well. So go head on over to Uscape Apparel, uh, check out the site, check out the Instagram. You're gonna take 15% off using sons of sat at checkout that's s-o-n-s-o-f-s-a-t i always mess that up sons of sat 15 percent uscape apparel here we go Cold. Reach out to the air, she's in the air. 
everybody. It is Thursday, January 7th, 2021. It is 7.25 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm coming at you live from Breckenridge, Colorado, and we have a special guest here to talk wrestling, friend of the podcast, Mr. Austin Gable. Austin, former Virginia Tech wrestler, and uh, I guess we could really call you a friend of the podcast now. This is this is your third appearance here on Sons of Saturday, giving us the wrestling update. Austin, how are you on this evening? Uh, I'm great, Pat, and you know, I would like to think of myself as a friend of the podcast at this point, right? first name basis you went to my wedding i mean i think that's like the minimum that we can agree to uh but no i'm excited man it's you guys have continued to grow this thing it's an animal now and anytime that i get the opportunity to come on you know I'm more than happy to do so yeah absolutely we're really excited to have you and uh, yeah update austin is now a married man mr austin gable and Mrs. Callie Gable, congratulations to you two. Uh, wonderful wedding over the summer or uh, earlier uh, in the fall here. But um, yeah, got to give the wrestling update. You know, it's a, it's a tough football Good. season. We're in the midst of basketball here and uh, we're seeing some success there. But we know and there are so many Virginia Tech wrestling fans out there that want these updates. And we got to give it to them. Jersey Hokie 29. I'm looking <laughs> at you, my man. Shout out to Jersey. But uh, right before we jump into this, I got to ask, because I'm in Breckenridge right now. Austin, you are a native of Colorado, Parker, Colorado. Now tell me, where is Parker, Colorado in relation to Breckenridge? So Breckenridge is on the Western Slope, right? So I mean, time-wise, I'd say we're probably about two and a half, three hours, depending on how bad I-70 traffic is, getting through Eisenhower Tunnel. Um, But Parker is 35 minutes south of Denver. So gotcha. that can kind of give a better approximation, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's great helpful. state. You know, uh, we were talking earlier, and obviously I'm a little jealous. You guys are spending a whole month just being a bunch of ski bums. Um, so <laughs> congrats to you guys living the life, man. I'd love to trade trade spots. <laughs> we wish we should get we wish we should uh we could get you out here i know you're a snowboarder i know uh now can you tell me skiers can shred too right skiers can shred skiers can shred i you know uh I, i've thought about taking up some ski lessons just because callie hasn't um like she's never skied or snowboarded and she if she had a ch- the choice she would choose skiing and for me, it's like if I were to go snowboarding with her while she's trying to learn to ski, it'd be a wasted waste of a day for myself. So I figure, well, maybe I pick it up, you know, while she's trying to learn it too. We both learn it. And then I remembered how bad my knees are and that, you know, I've already torn my ACL once and, and I don't know if I need to tear it again, Pat. So I think I'm going to stick to snowboarding and, uh, you know, we'll call it a day off that. There we go. We'll call it a day and uh, let's stick to wrestling. Let's talk about the topic at hand here. Virginia Tech Wrestling just had their first match of the season earlier uh, this week, but just some highlights. You know, if you peruse the Hokies Wrestling Twitter, you get to you get your highlights. They have a great Twitter presence, but uh, as of this week, we are the eighth ranked wrestling squad in the country from the National Wrestling Coaches Association poll. Uh, some highlights in there. Makai Lewis is number one nationally, uh, wrestling at 165. Hunter Bolin returning this year, number two uh, at his weight at 184. 
And then Corbin Myers uh, is number ninth nationally uh, wrestling at 133. Uh, we beat the Campbell Camels earlier this week. But before we jump into that, how did we get here? Uh, Austin, can you kind of just give me the uh, the review here? What wrestling has been like since COVID? Uh, obviously, the season was kind of shut down early uh you know in march and uh we've come a long way since then having you know done our first match in 10 months uh, against camel this past week but uh just kind of give me the high level overview of you know what has it been like and what's changed and what have been some of the challenges sure yeah i mean wrestling's no different than any other sport uh you know winter spring uh unfortunately with the wrestling team um I believe if I remember right, the NCAs were canceled a day after the brackets were released. So uh, truly heartbreaking, you know, for the fans, but more importantly um, for, you know, the student athletes, that didn't get the opportunity to perform and, you know, being in their shoes, you train, you know, your whole season, your, your whole outlook is getting NCAs and, and, you know, trying to get yourself up on the podium and, you know, for others trying to win national titles and, you know, that's what your whole focus is. And so for these guys to get there, get, know who they're going to be wrestling first match, know where they were in the bracket. Um, and then that just get swept underneath the rug, truly heartbreaking for them. Uh, especially the seniors guys like, you know, Dave McFadden trying to go ahead and become, you know, uh, Virginia Tech's first four time NCAA all American, uh, you know, guy like BC, the Pratt. Cody Hughes, you know, Cody Hughes was first time qualifying for the NCAs and just not ever got a chance to wrestle there. So guys like that, I think, and you know, it wasn't just them, it was it was wrestlers from every team that that got the opportunity to wrestle the NCAs, they got it taken. So um, you know, it was it was tough breaks, but you know, you you live, you move on, sun comes up the, other, the next day, and you know, you regroup. Um, moving in the summertime, you know, I, there really wasn't. Uh, summer training, how it's typical at Virginia Tech. Usually, you're, you know, you're there six to eight weeks out of the summertime, uh, wrestling, lifting, uh, helping run wrestling camps of the sort. Um, and then, you know, you move into the fall and it's kind of like you're just in this perpetual motion of stop, go, stop, go. You know, what, what are the new, um, what are the new pandemic administration rules, right? How does that affect you as a team, you know, and the guys and the coaching staff had to get creative as how they could a be safe for the wrestlers. Um, but then also how can they, you know, keep these guys motivated, keep them mentally in the game um, and mentally, you know, inept for the the onslaught of, you know, that there was hopefully going to be NTAs come 2021. So you know, I think the coaches did a f really good job from what I heard and just um, from talking with different guys on the team or, or staff members is how to how to keep everyone, um, you know, me mentally healthy, uh, you know, physically healthy and just, you know, keep the goals of, of what they had the year prior of, you know, being All-Americans, being NCAA champs, bringing home team trophies, winning ACC titles, you know, so they uh, – eventually they got to progress, you know, to the fall and we're eventually allowed back in the wrestling room. And, you know, typically the season starts in first week in November and that got scratched and pushed. And, you know, here we are last Saturday, 
with the first first uh, wrestling match of the year. So it's condensed season, um, you know, which is going to be interesting from a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how, how we got here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's at least from the college perspective. And then, yes, yeah, so that rolls in nicely here from the college perspective. SERTC, definitely want an update from the SERTC uh, just from following along on social media. Know that it was a big fall, big summer from the SERTC. Um, but for folks who may not be aware, tell us about the SERTC, the Southeast Regional Training Center, and the new additions over the past few months. I know we had some huge pickups. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, with with Olympics also getting canceled, right? There was a lot of wrestlers, um, you know, Virginia Tech fans, obviously familiar with Ty Walls. Um, uh, but there were some other guys, you know, like Makai Lewis, he had Olympic redshirt last year. And, uh, you know, that opportunity got taken from them as well. Um, you know, now obviously you have the 2021 uh, Tokyo Games, which is still set for this summer, hopefully. So they... Um, you know, it was, it was interesting in the wrestling world, it, it really kind of transitioned and there were a lot more UFC almost styled wrestling events that occurred throughout the summer and throughout the fall. And, you know, even still ongoing, we have some matches this, this weekend with James Green, you know, a big pickup um, for the SERTC. Uh, he was a four-time All-American from Nebraska multiple time uh, world medalist, silver world medalist, took bronze a couple of times. I mean, very high level guy. And he came on to the SERTC, uh, I want to say it was like middle to late summer. And, you know, they've been doing these different events through Flow Wrestling and um, these other streaming, uh, streaming revenue platforms uh, where, you know, it's more dual style, but Olympic style wrestling. So everything's freestyle or Greco. Um, and so it's been good. It's been an awesome for fans that have been craving to watch some type of wrestling. This has allowed for that to continue in place. And it also allows for these guys that are training after collegiate to, you know, in addition to making money through these regional training centers, also make uh, some additional profits based off like winnings and stuff like that on the side. So that's been great. Um, you know, we also had another pickup and Sean Garrett, uh, the guy's another huge stud wrestler. He was a four-time All-American from Cornell, a national champion. Um, he was training at Arizona State for a while, um, you know, moved back to Cornell, was there, and then recently came on uh, to the SERTC, I think in, um, you know, November, I believe. So pretty, pretty recent and a huge pickup for him too. I mean, both these guys, James Green and um, Sean Garrett, like the, both of them, are, you know, fantastic workout partners for the guys in the room. Makai Lewis is going to, you know, going to get really challenged and pushed, you know, by James Green um, and Nishan Garrett because Nishan Garrett has really grown in size. But their smaller guys can can learn a lot from them as well. Um, and I think they're just good. They're good people. You know, they're uh, James Green, you know, he's married, has a kid. Uh, you know, not Sean Garrett has a great reputation. So it's just good guys for Virginia Tech college wrestlers to be around um, and make the program better. Uh, for those that don't know, I'll just give a quick background of the SERTC. Um, 
basically SCRTC is a way to keep uh, future uh, Olympic hopes alive um, and produce world Olympic champions through the umbrella of the SCRTC, which also is, you know, uh, a sibling to Virginia Tech wrestling, I guess. There are two separate entities, um, you know, no, no Virginia Tech athletic funding from the college itself gets transferred through the SERTC, so it's all donor-based. But uh, in retrospect, to be a national championship team like Virginia Tech wrestling wants to be at some point, you know, you really have to have a backing of a strong regional training center to allow your college wrestlers to um, wrestle with the best in the world and guys that are training after college for those uh, Olympic and um, world gold medals. So, you know, it's guys, it's, it's why we still have tie walls in the room that are making people better, um, our heavyweights better, our 97 pounders. And it's why we um, can continue to progress and, you know, chase that goal. So uh, if you, if you want to help out and, you know, learn more about the SERTC program, uh, the website, I think, you know, Pat can maybe attach to the link, but, you know, feel free to go in there. Uh, donations are always encouraged. Um, you know, I, I truly believe that Virginia Tech re- wrestling is is going to be the first Virginia Tech program, athletic program to bring home a national title. So, um, you know, every dollar counts and every dollar goes a long way uh, to make this uh, become a possibility. You know, the support for the SCRTC from donors or alumni is really overwhelming and incredible. And I know that um, that is running like a well-oiled machine at this point. So definitely check it out. Yeah, Austin, I will definitely uh, link that here in the article. We'll put it on Twitter and uh, folks can check out more about the SCRTC. Um, And right before we kind of jump into more so of this 2021 season here, um, you know, with football. No spring camp, no fall camp, no summer workouts. Very similar in wrestling. Uh, there has been a lot of hurdles, a lot of challenges, you know, being that the team has not been together, you know, over this time. Uh, but what are some of those new challenges that the coaching staff has had to overcome or is currently dealing with? And then, you know, I guess like on a day to day, match to match, how are things different now than they were, you know, say in 2020 um, before this season? Yeah. So, I mean, there's been a lot of hurdles and, you know, I, I don't know as much. There's, there's probably a lot more behind the scenes too, that, you know, I'm not aware of, um, and you're really not aware of unless you're part of like the day-to-day operations, but you know, the, the, the first thing that just screams to me is, you know, typically in a five and a half month season, there is, uh, there is some sort of room for error. Uh, whether that is injury based or, um, you know, getting your weight, getting your weight scheduled down to where you can perform and get used used to your weight cut, uh, things of that nature. Um, you have more time to build more matches underneath your belt and, you know, just get used to performing, um, you know, especially if you're freshmen, underclassmen, not used to the expectations of what college wrestling brings. Um you know, that that's typical, you know, in the months of, you know, November and December, really kind of uh, getting getting used to your weight class and uh, college wrestling in general. Uh, this year, you know, that has 
been cut from these guys. So the season has been shortened, like I said earlier, um, you know, take the months of November, December away, and then, you know, leave the end date of mid-March for the NCAA tournament. So these guys have a lot less opportunity to get matches underneath the belt. There's no tournaments. Everything's duels. Um, you're starting to see a lot of colleges do a lot more instead of just dual meets, uh, uh, tri meets and quad meets where there's multiple schools so that you can get as many matches as you can. Um, you know, this Campbell match for, for just an example, even though it was just a match, a typical dual meet, there were uh, quote unquote extra matches afterwards. Um, and this ranged from anywhere from starters, um, you know, wrestling, uh, two matches, you know, they would have the typical match with Campbell and then they would come through and, and wrestle additional match with maybe Campbell's number two guy um, or whatever it might be. But anything just to get these guys on the map more, uh, I think is going to be helpful. Uh, another unique situation is because the NCAA um, went ahead and basically gave everyone else, everyone an extra year of eligibility, you know, this can really shake up what your lineups are going to look like. You know, you can wrestle some freshmen that you were maybe in a typical season going to redshirt and throw them out there. And, you know, without, without any care in the world, because it doesn't matter if they wrestle five matches and then, you know, they end up not being the guy to go at the ACC tournament. Um, you know, they still, it, it's a wash, you know, they could redshirt next year. Uh, this year really doesn't matter at all. So, it's, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how coaches use that to their advantage and really put together the best, um, the best team that they can. Um, and then, you know, thirdly, and I don't know if this is definitive or not, um, but the actual uh, qualifiers I've heard is going to be limited or potentially limited um, to 16 um, people, which is typical for each weight class the NCAAs is like 33. So that makes each match that much more important to put yourself up in a position where you can qualify. So, you know, if you get hurt and you're a freshman and you haven't really made a name for yourself the second week and you're out for four weeks and then you're coming back late February, you know, two or three weeks before the ACC tournament, you know, it's, it's tough because you have to do really, really well at the ACC tournament, basically win it uh, to, showcase that you deserve a spot to go to the NCAA tournament. So keeping guys healthy, keeping guys COVID free, um, allowing every opportunity for matches and uh, are, are all things that are going to really play down the line and to getting guys to the actual NCAA tournament. Um, fingers crossed, you know, that'll happen. So now moving into this season, we uh, faced up against Campbell last weekend, uh, won the decision 28-6 to six in the opener. Um, talk to me about some of the highlights here from our first match of the season. I know Corbin Myers coming back is huge. I know some newcomers made an impact here. Um, but, you know, first, first match in 10 months, what, uh, what were some of the takeaways? You know, it <laughs> – Campbell has come so far um, from when where they were when I was in college. You know, Coach Colot, who's now with Navy, you know, really kind of built up that steam last year. I think they were they finished a top fifteen team in the country last year. Um, you know, but even even though Colot's no longer there, you know, 
that history and that work ethic remains. And so those guys, you know, we might've won eight out of 10 matches, but honestly, those guys fought every, every match, all 10 matches, you know, guys like Hunter Bolin, who's ranked second in the country was wrestling an unranked opponent and, you know, came out with a four, three decision. Um, and it wasn't that, you know, Hunter had like a terrible match. The guy he was wrestling was really good on top. was a, was a tough leg rider. Um, but that's just the type of guys that, that they have in their lineup. So I think it was a good first challenge for tech. And, you know, there was a ton of bright spots to see guys wrestle. Um, it was great seeing someone like, um, Sam Latona at our 125, a lot of hype around him. Uh, he did really well in some senior level tournaments at the U S open. Um, I think he placed, uh, fifth or sixth, I want to say. Um, so guys like him, there's been a lot of hype around for the past couple of years. So to see him put an actual VT wrestling singlet on and showcase what he's got against a tough opponent and, you know, came out victorious in his first match. I'm sure he had a lot of jitters going on beforehand. Um, so that was good to see. And then you, you look at the other end of it, you know, a guy like Corbin Myers, he got his, uh, six years, able to retain a six year eligibility, come back and, uh, seeing him back in the lineup was great too. Um, you know, he'll provide some senior leadership to the team this year. Um, you know, probably the funnest match of the, of the night to watch, uh, was easily Bryson Donian, uh, against Joss Heil. Uh, Heil is an all returning all American, uh, three-time SOCON champ, uh, very talented, was ranked ninth in the country coming into this match. And I mean, those guys threw it out there. Bryce, a dude can wrestle, man. He is very, very talented, can wrestle in all sorts of positions, very funky, not afraid to go upper body, uh, good on top, um, good hips, good at leg attacks, explosive. Um, so, you know, I think the sky's the limit for this guy, really. Uh, you know, he's very, very talented. So keep an eye on him for the rest of the, rest of the season. Last year was kind of his breakout year. And uh, definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him high up on the podium this year. Um, you know, and then another guy, you know, obviously seeing Makai Lewis back in the lineup too. You know, everyone loves to see a nat returning national champ back and retain his number one ranking. Um, so, you know, Makai Lewis does what Makai Lewis does. You know, he goes out there and dominates his opponents and got a major decision. And, you know, I think from a dual perspective, He'll be big for Virginia Tech the rest of this year um, moving forward and just seeing how he progresses and can hopefully claim his second national ch uh, championship, you know, come March. Um, there was one guy, too, that I, I, to be honest, didn't know a ton about coming into this match. Um, his name's a Andy Smith, the 197-pounder. Guy's a Christiansburg local guy. Um, you know, Virginia Tech wrestling is obviously known for recruiting a lot of guys out of Christiansburg. Uh, but the kid had dropped 40 pounds was, I think originally recruited as a heavyweight drops 40 pounds to 197. And from what I've heard, the dude is just an absolute like workhorse, an animal in, uh, the wrestling room and is just relentless. And I mean, he's got a guy like Jared hot who, um, you know, is his personal coach. And for all those that remember Jared hot, you know, obviously, three-time AC or three-time uh, All-American NCAA finalist his senior year and kind of the same attitude, just big, strong guys 
Um, and, and Jared had a, a work ethic like uh, like no one else too. So, you know, I think Jared uh, being able to there and, and get in and, and wrestle with with Andy Smith and and really push him, you know, sky's the limit for this guy too. He's he's super young. He's a freshman. Um, so excited to see uh, what our 197 pounder does this year. A lot of fun highlights here from the first duel of the year. I'm, I'm still kind of getting hip to the, uh, the lingo. We got the duel and then on Sunday we got the quad meet in Morgantown, West Virginia. We got West Virginia. We got Ohio. We got Kent state on Sunday at this quad meet. Uh, talk to me about uh, what to look out for or what to watch for here uh, upcoming on this weekend. Well, I mean, uh, you know, West Virginia has got a, has got a, uh, a, a great lineup or, you know, they're really progressing as a team. Coach Flynn who was at Edinburgh is over there now. And coach Flynn is a phenomenal coach. Uh, everyone in the wrestling world has a ton of respect for him. And so I think he's really, um, been turning around their wrestling program for the past couple seasons. And so, you know, going back to 197, Noah Adams, uh, I believe he's the number one ranked wrestler at 197. You know, Andy Smith is going to have a uh, tall glass of water, um, you know, come come this weekend, you know. But it's it's a good challenge for him, a good measuring stick. And, um, you know, excited to see that match. Uh, you know, Ohio, Kent State, all those Ohio guys, a lot of them are Ohio and Kent State in particular, a lot of them are in-state recruits. Um, and Ohio is one of the easily one of the best wrestling states in the country. So there's gonna be a lot of scrappy guys they're gonna wrestle. Um, I think it's important for Virginia, you know, the Virginia Tech guys, because it's an opportunity to get three matches, right? And so it's it's all in one day. It's the closest resemblance to an ACC tournament or an NCAA tournament that they're probably going to have. Um, and so guys being able to get, you know, good matches, the first match in off, off of the scale, but then also, you know, how do they recover? How does the cool down go? And, and are they able to be perform the same as they did the first match or the third match? Um, so that'll be interesting to see. And I mean, it, it'll, it'll be interesting and fun to watch. So definitely looking forward to uh, this weekend. As am I, and uh, I love that the season has started, and it's it's nice to kind of uh, get the magnifying glass out and focus some attention on hokey wrestling because this is this is a legitimate program, guys. I'm I'm excited to see what we do this year. Uh, in a COVID year, who knows what can happen? Uh, but I'm pretty pumped up. Now, some highlights here. Coach Roby, it's his fourth season. He has uh, he has these guys running pretty good. Uh, Whit Babcock extended his contract three years uh, earlier uh, in this year, in September, which keeps him in Blacksburg through 2025. But, um, you know, you said it yourself, Austin. You think that Virginia Tech Wrestling is capable of becoming the first team sport to win a national championship for Virginia Tech. Um, talk to me about expectations, realistic expectations for this 2021 campaign and, you know, does it align with your national championship hopes or are we kind of like a couple years away? What are you thinking? I mean, you know, I, I think for realistically, I think for us to win an NCAA title this year, uh, all the stars would have to line, you know, it'd have to be perfect, um, from top to bottom. But I mean, you know, at the same time we have guys, 
obviously Hunter Bull and, and Mikai Lewis, you know, they're ranked right now one and two in the country. So those are two very capable people of becoming NCAA champions. So anytime you have the possibility of having two NCAA champions, I mean, you can get yourself pretty up high uh, on the podium as a team and, and competing for uh, team trophies. I mean, Iowa, Iowa has a stacked lineup this year. Um, so does Penn State. So, you know, beating teams like that, you're going to have to really – uh, put your best foot forward come the NCAA tournament. But with this year, as many ups and downs as there's been um, in 2020 and just, you know, unknowns, uh, you know, I want to put it past the team to make a run for it. Um, you know, I think realistically, I think, you know, probably we get some guys that are, um, you know, a little more junior these seasons uh, to come up and, uh, get a little more experience beneath their belt. You know, the next year or two uh, are going to be really, really promising for Virginia Tech wrestling, um, where they, I think, legitimately can make a strong, strong run at a championship. Um, but, you know, take one, one, one day at a time, one step at a time. Uh, you know, the wrestling's kind of, you know, same with every other sport, but, you know, you never, never look past your next, appoint, next opponent onto the, who's on the other side of it. You know, I think 2020 taught us a valuable lesson. You, you take every match you can for granted or not for granted. You know, you never know, even, even today, you never know if 2021 is, you know, for sure going to happen or not, you know, hopefully uh, precautions are in place and, you know, the NCAA will, will, will make sure it does. But, you know, this guy's at this point, I think they just want to wrestle. And uh, I think, you know, they deserve, they do deserve that at, at the minimum, you know? So, They'll be ready to come NCAAs. I can promise that. Absolutely. Awesome. This has been a pleasure. Love having you on. And we'll definitely have to uh, get you on here for a, uh, a mid-season or a, a pre-NCAAs or pre-ACCs um, to kind of evaluate that. But before we go, as we always do, I uh, want to give you the opportunity to make some shout-outs here and, uh, you know, plug anything you got going on or, uh, you know, any, any wrestling shout-outs, any personal shout-outs, whatever you got. Yeah, I mean, before I do that, I, I it did come to me. I'd be remorse not to say, going back to SCRTC program, there was another big pickup that we had. Um, Jenna Burkert, you know, she was a senior women's wrestling um, champion. And, you know, she combines, she kind of splits her time between uh, us and the Army uh, training program. But, you know, from just a women's perspective, wrestling – what a huge picket that is. I know women's wrestling is starting to build up a lot of momentum here on the States um, and hopefully kind of spills into the college wrestling world at the division one level too. So definitely didn't want to leave her out of the bunch of uh, the people that we've picked up um, and are, are helping support chase their, their dreams of becoming uh, Olympic and world medalists. But as far as shout outs go, um, let's see my wife, she always makes sure I, uh, say something about her. So shout out to Miss Gable. Um, shout out to uh, Tuck Nasty. You know, you know who you are. And Tuck. Uh, you know, <laughs> shout out to uh, all of uh, my Sons of Sons of Saturday uh, followers. You know, I th- I'm going to call myself, uh, start having a legion. You know, if, they, if they're going to follow, follow Sons of Saturday wrestling, they're going to follow me, right? So uh, I appreciate all those guys that listen and know, but seriously, I, you know, this, this was fun. And like I said, in the beginning, anytime you guys have me on, it's, 
it's an honor and it's fun to do it, man. So uh, I'm sure we'll do another update as the season continues to unravel this year. And, you know, hopefully COVID is not an issue. Fingers crossed. He's Austin Gable, the Sons of Saturday resident wrestling expert. I'm Pat <laughs> Finn. We appreciate you guys listening in. Have a great evening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Right.